All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel here on the JMK Podcast. What is going on? Not too much. Finally coming back to the studio for another podcast. Mm-hmm. Now, I figured this week, uh, kind of up in the air, what I wanted to kind of do this episode about whether to do a termuckle talk or whether to, whether to do a paranormal talk or maybe something in between, but let's do some tech talk, I guess. Right? Second tech talk yeah. coming at you. Mm-hmm. The first one seemed to be pretty popular with you guys, so you know, we'll try to do uh, maybe a few more of them uh, whenever we get the chance to. Um... I have to say, kind of overall, I mean, it's been fairly quiet uh, in the tech world right now. Things are looking at, uh, you know, picking up a little bit uh, as we kind of go here. I mean, especially come spring, you know, we're going to have new phones and new computers and a lot more kind of new stuff. But there's uh, some stuff going on. And I think maybe one of the most noteworthy uh, things to kind of bring up, and if you go to most technology sites, I mean, this is pretty much the first thing that uh, comes up and it's uh, nintendo's new console yeah the nintendo switch switch yeah an interesting idea i mean since i guess maybe the nintendo 64 they've been you know kind of you know i would say some pretty wacky ideas when it comes to (laughs) to home consoles i mean the original wii um mind you pretty successful uh a lot of really crappy games that were made for it but uh there were some games that were pretty good. Yep. And, you know, this idea of using remotes and stuff like that to motion control, uh, I thought they were a little too aggressive with, uh, with that and really kind of forcing that upon us. It was still somewhat uh, successful. And that was with the Wii that we're, that we're talking about. Yeah. And then, and then the follow-up to it, the Wii U, um, basically the opposite of that. I mean... Total. Uh, the total failure. It was uh, marketed very poorly. Uh, other companies like uh, EA, Activision, like all the big names in the industry, not uh, providing games to it. You know, so that was uh, kind of made a dent on arrival. Uh, there were, I mean, obviously Mario Kart and all that kind of stuff. You know, were really good on it, but I mean, that's really all it was good for. I mean, it's it's something very hard to recommend to most gamers out there when they can't play like Call of Duty, Grand Theft Auto, like all the big name games can't be played on there even up until just recently you can have minecraft on the wii u so yeah you know uh made it very difficult to, to get that in the hands of a lot of people now their newest attempt at a console the nintendo switch here going with an interesting um thing here i guess the best way that i can describe it to you for uh, those who maybe aren't aware uh, it's essentially combining the idea of uh, um gaming on uh, in a mobile sense, uh, in the console, it's basically combining that idea by essentially uh, having a, a tablet for on the go that uh, um, can dock into this uh, docking station that they have here, and it basically becomes a home console. Then all the kind of inner workings and all the, you know, the big electronic parts, it's, it's all in that tablet. The uh, the um, that little you know thing that sits in there is just basically a pass through, you know, to connect the HDMI up to your to your TV. And then they have the, the, the controller, which is uh, kind of interesting as well because it, uh, you know, you can use it to kind of like a traditional, you know, Xbox or PlayStation controller, but it also comes apart in two separate parts. So if you want to play with another person, you know, you have, it then becomes two controllers. Yep. Right. So some interesting ideas there. Um, and we'll see if it works out for them. I mean, uh, Nintendo's in a position right now where they need this to be a real hit because uh, of you know the last one yeah well i mean taking the last one the wii u and now coming to this i mean essentially they've 
almost taken the exact same approach, but kind of changed it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Considering the Wii U, uh, the controller for it was huge. It was And it had huge. like a screen on the front of it, which mm-hmm. allowed you then to kind of go different areas with it and still be able to play your game. Mm-hmm. Whereas now with the Nintendo Switch, um, essentially it's the same thing thing that they're giving to you it's still a home console plus an on the go except they kind of changed it up a little bit like you said with you know the tablet form Mm -hmm. and the controller itself slides apart into two different sections yeah and then can dock onto the side of the tablet yeah to to have on the go and then when you come back home with it, you put it back into the dock, and you can take play the like two controller would. pieces out, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. those two controller play- pieces slide onto almost what seems to be like a battery pack, mm-hmm. essentially, is what it looks like. Yeah, it, it's, so, it's, a, it's a really interesting idea, you know, and uh, it's, uh, like I said, I hope it works out well for them. Uh, a lot of, um, you know, these other you know third-party companies are looking at making games for it, so things are looking good in that respect. Uh, it's just a matter of if people are going to buy it. That's that's the real thing. That's true. And I mean, it just released, mm-hmm. so we really don't have any numbers on you know how sales yeah. and stuff went mm-hmm. for it. But I mean, they are kind of anticipating that it is going to be uh, pretty big and mm-hmm. that people are going to want it. So coming right from Nintendo, they've kind of already said that you know they're going to continue to ensure that there's enough of the consoles out there and that production is going to be ongoing on it so that we don't run into a situation like with the uh mm-hmm. nintendo or the nes uh classic um yeah that, that had come out right mm-hmm. so where people wanted this and i mean i even want one yeah right just it was really underproduced they just didn't make enough of them true they didn't yeah so and what's interesting too with the the tablet portion of it, like on the previous uh, controller they had, uh, it was only a single point touchscreen. Yes. And I mean, even when that came out, I mean, like every single you know tablet or phone or uh, laptop that had a touchscreen, that it was all multi point touch. I mean, that means that you can touch with more one finger at a time. Yep. Um, that Wii U controller <laughs> only had a single point touch. It, it was. I won't say that it was, you know, death for that, but I mean, it just, it made it very limited to what you could do. Thankfully, this you know, has that, you know, if they wouldn't have, it would have been terrible, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it it's, has a multi, really nice multi-touch uh, screen to use there. So interesting, you're basically just going to be able to, to play that, you know, however you want to. So That's it's right. a really interesting idea uh, by Nintendo. So hopefully it works out for them because... It's important to have a good competition as it is in any industry. And I mean, Nintendo, I mean, for a really long time, you know, when we were kids and whatnot, Nintendo was almost kind of just the name that you use to describe video games in general. And almost, it almost still is today. Like, I mean, you get, um, I don't want to say older generation, but I mean, you get like, like people that are like my grandma. Right. And, you know, even some of my aunts and uncles, right, they, they still call it, you know, even an Xbox. They're like, oh, you are your kids playing the Nintendo? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it, there's still kind of that that I don't want to say stigma, but there's that, um, you know, verbiage and wording that they're using to kind of blanket all gaming consoles underneath the one nintendo yeah you see some of it still a little bit not quite as much i gotta turn myself down i uh, accidentally cranked myself all the way up there sorry about that all right but yeah um yeah looking forward to see i mean 
I'm, you know, when it comes to, to gaming, I'm, I'm a bit more traditional. I like to you know, just have a have a controller and sit in front of the TV. Some of this kind of little gimmicky kind of stuff hmm. doesn't really appeal to me, but I, I can definitely see that uh, there are some that, you know, it would definitely uh, appeal to. So, yes. Yep. We'll see. Like I said, it's it's literally brand, brand new. So we'll see how it uh, kind of goes when it comes to that. All right. Uh, do you have anything else? Because I know you've been looking at some stuff here. Do we have anything else that uh, might be worth uh, bringing up technology-wise? Um, <clears throat> now, do you mean like in technology total, or are you talking just with the Nintendo right now? A- any, a- anything else? Because I think we pretty well covered the Nintendo thing Okay, about as much as we can, I think. So. Cause we, we, we'll, we'll get more information as itself for a little bit longer. We'll see how it catches on, and we'll, it'll be something that we bring up again later. Definitely. <laughs> now, um... For myself, I think probably one of the biggest things is um, Snapchat. Now, with with Snapchat, and I'm just going to mention here that Mark Zuckerberg actually went to the creator of Snapchat and said, I want to buy that. I want that from you. I'm going to give you $3 billion. Yes, he offered him $3 billion for Snapchat. Wow, he's actually looking to purchase Snapchat. He he was. Now, the person said, no, I'm good. Now, the person's like 25 years old. Pardon me. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this, this kid here, like, says, nope, nope, I'm not going to do it, right? Mm-hmm. And now, from what I understand, Snapchat is worth somewhere around $30 billion. So, this kid himself, you know, was pretty smart in saying no to the $3 billion. Um, but some really interesting news that comes from Snapchat right now, the parent company, Snap, actually started trading on the stock market. Now, pre-trade amounts we were looking at were going to be about 17-ish dollars when it actually did open at opening bell, it was at about $24. Um getting up to probably around close to $26 and then kind of dropping back down to about um let me see here 20, 20, 24.48. I have I have some cheat sheets, but yeah, 24.48 is where the stock closed at it, which, I mean, is phenomenal for a new company. Not even so much a new company, but a company that's just starting to trade. Yeah. Um, I mean, they soared to like 44% of, you know, trade value um, on the index just to start on their mm. first day. Yeah, it's interesting with a company like that, and there's some other ones that are, are like this. You know, with Snapchat, like even if you go to, uh, I think, I think, I think, are, are you dying on me? I don't know. That's uh, <laughs> something in my throat. Oh, okay. So one thing that, that uh, in, I find kind of interesting when it comes to this, because I mean, Snapchat, I mean, an app that you can get free on your phone or, or whatever. How does a company like this make money? That's something that, that, that I've, I've always kind of wondered. Because, I mean, the, the service they're offering is free. People don't pay for it. I'll tell you how. Magic. Magic. That's how. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't help me out <laughs> trying to figure it or explain this. Um, I know. I honestly don't even know. I mean, just, just like a bunch of those... those uh, 
uh, freemium games that are out there, stuff like that. It has right? to be ad like, revenue when it comes to this. With the freemium games, they make it off the uh, the microtransactions that uh, you know people are you know, arguably kind of stupid enough to, to do. Because, I mean, there's free games out there that you can pay uh, little bits or, mm-hmm. in some cases, big bits yep. uh, to kind of speed up the process a little bit. You know, to, to advance further in this game instead of just, you know, just taking a little bit more time and then you don't have to spend the money. But, you know, to each their own, you know. But uh, when it comes to those uh, cow clicker kind of games like Farmville and that kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> cow clicker. That, that, well, that's what they're known as. <laughs> I know. And, 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 you know, Farmville is one that's really, really guilty. That's like I, I even told you before, I don't know if I mentioned on this uh, you know, podcast or, or whatever, but uh, literally a story that I heard, with, you know, with respects to Farmville that um, there are people who um, basically, what's the best way I can say this without sounding ridiculous? I really can't, so I'll just kind of say it. There are people out there who play Farmville, but then sometimes, you know, they don't have enough time to kind of do this on their own, so they pay somebody to look after their virtual farm for them. Wow. Right, because it's they live busy lives, and you know, there's just not always time to do everything. So why not pay somebody to look after this imaginary farm that you do on a, on a free game? Doesn't make any sense to me. But apparently, this is something. There are some people that do this as a living, taking care of people's imaginary farms in Farmville. That's yeah, that's kind of ridiculous. I mean, yeah, as much as even some of those freemium games that I enjoy playing, yeah. I don't think that I would actually. Pay somebody to do well, this. Let alone, you know, pay any money into the actual app itself. I don't think I've ever put a dime into a, what, what, like as you refer to it as a freemium game. You know. So. Um, honestly, I can say that I have. There are a few. Like, oh, I mean. Oh, boy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll i go on record. I play WWE Supercard. Okay, well, that one I can that one I can almost justify there, but uh. and there there are times where I have you know paid a couple of bucks to no. you know get a couple of things, whatever. Same thing with the Simpsons Tapped Out. Mm. Right, a couple of times I've I've paid a couple of bucks to be able to get you know a couple extras and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, yeah, I mean for that I can definitely see, you know, where money would add up, yeah. but for something like Snapchat. I I use Snapchat myself, mm-hmm. and there's nothing in there that you can purchase. No, it must just be ad revenue or something. There must be. Uh, I don't know if maybe there's. Is, are there any ads that pop up in the in the, the app? Recently, there kind of has been once in a while. And there you go. That's where they make their money. Yeah, the ad revenue. Right. So that must be it. So. Yeah, it's uh, they're apparently worth a lot of money, which is uh, pretty amazing to me. You know, something that's. Yeah, how something could be worth so much money, and uh, it's almost hard to know what it is that they do as a company. Exactly. You know. But if any of you are listening and yeah. have any ideas on something that uh, could be done as a freemium, um, you know, that possibly billions of dollars could be made at, um, we welcome you to uh, get a hold of us, and we will jump on that bandwagon and see what we can do to help out. Mm-hmm. And... If you are somebody like I had mentioned, if you do not have enough time in your everyday life to take care of your imaginary farm in Farmville, if you want me to look after it for you, and if you want to pay me to do so, by all means, go for it. I will probably not say no. I don't think I would say no either. And I mean, I. Much as I would hate myself, (laughs) if you want to pay me to do something as ridiculous as that, by all means, do so. 
The only problem, though, is that I think I would need to be paid at least $20 an hour to be able to Ooh. do this. Yeah. Just to kind of cover expenses for, you know, the job that I'd actually do. Mm-hmm. And to make it worthwhile. So, yeah, if there's anybody out there willing to pay $20 an hour to Joe or I, well, you could, we'll do this. We could do it in our spare time, what level there, there is, right? Uh, you know, I could probably, you know, get uh, all the farming that I need to get done in probably like an hour or something. So, if you want to pay me uh, like a flat rate to just do it for you, by all means. <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, I think uh, back into the gaming a little bit uh, here. I think the, this is a pretty good uh, one to, to kind of mention that uh, Microsoft has announced they're doing some some good stuff now. When the Xbox One originally came out, they did some really really wacky stuff. Yep. Like uh, basically telling that uh, you know you weren't going to be able to use use games. That was a really really big one. And then when Sony announced the PS4, I think it was the day after they kind of released kind of simultaneously <laughs> almost. <laughs> that was their, their one of their big selling points. Is we are going to let you use uh, used games, and there was like a <gasps> like a reaction from the crowd because Mike, Microsoft made it a point of saying, "No, you're not going to be able to." And, and then Sony said, "Oh yes, you'll be able to on ours." And then they, yeah. then Microsoft had to kind of go back on that and you know make it possible to play uh, used games. I've done it on uh, on the one that I have. It, it does work now. And another big thing is that they said that it wasn't going to be backwards compatible with the 360 ever. Mm. That was another big one that uh, that uh, they said. And you know, so then you know, people bought their Xbox One, and then uh, they're all their 360 games. They either you know can only play it on their 360, or they sold it all because you know they just would rather just play everything kind of on one. Yep. You know, and then, and some people did get rid of all the 360 stuff, and just not too long ago. Uh, they added that capability as a software update to the system. Yes. I mean, talk about the, the rage from some people when it came to this. I mean, you know, you, you know, they basically made it seem like it, it, they would have had to have add, added more to the hardware to make it capable of that, only to then go back on that and then just add it as a little software, software. update to make it possible. Like, yeah, oof, <laughs> that one, that one hit hard. But uh, that, that's kind of typical Microsoft. They they tend to do this kind of crap on us as much as. Uh, you know they they do do that. They're they do put out some pretty good uh, stuff as well. Yep. And uh, this definitely falls into the latter here. The uh, what they're calling the Xbox Game Pass. Now the best way I can kind of describe this to you, and I've seen it uh, referred to as, is basically like a Netflix for gaming. Okay. Essentially, right? So there's going to be it's going to be nine ninety nine a month, which is uh, pretty reasonable, I would say. And then they're going to have a list of, um, I believe it's about 100 games per month that you can download and play. Without oh. limitation. So you get all of that for nine ninety nine For 10 bucks a month. Yeah. American or Canadian? Uh, uh, if, I had to, if I had to say, that was probably in U.S. funds. Okay. So it could be a little bit more here in Canada due to the, to the exchange or whatever uh, kind of BS the government uh, says that it's because of. Um but yeah, you're basically going to have, um, yeah. And, and th- just, just, just to kind of mention, I mean, apparently this service is going to include um, games such as mm-hmm. Halo 5 Guardians. Yeah, if you're a Halo fan, you'll be uh, happy. Payday 2. Payday 2 is a pretty good one. NBA 2K16. And Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur 2. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, it, that'll be interesting. And it, possibly... 
Uh, I haven't seen this confirmed anymore, but I think people who uh, have Xbox Live Gold uh, subscription, which uh, allows you to you know play the online games and uh, you get uh, free games every month. Yep. Right. So that's uh, something that you pay um, you know for a yearly subscription. So possible that uh, that people that are subscribed to that might get even more of a little bit of a discount when it comes to that, and. The uh, games will also be able to play it on uh, Windows 10 as well. So yes. if, you, if you have uh, a gaming laptop that has Windows 10 on it, I, uh, you know what, I'll get into that too as a separate discussion after we're done with this one when <laughs> it comes to Windows 10. But uh, yeah, uh, kind of interesting, like a, basically a game subscription service. Um, you know, not every single game you know that's available for uh, Xbox One will be on here, but uh, it looks like it'll be like a select amount every month. I don't know if that's going to change month, month to month. We'll see. And you know what? It's 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 pretty cool that Xbox has now decided to do this. I mean, it's mm. more of like an instant on-demand service. Yep. There are services out there. I think like Redbox. I think it is or something like that that mm. allows you to actually rent games. GameFly is for that yeah, GameFly. You yeah. know, and you get to keep the game as long as you want mm-hmm. for a certain amount. You know, or or a yep. certain amount per month, and mm. you know they they'll send you a different game every month you send back the other one kind of thing right mm-hmm. like so i think for for this to go to a virtual standpoint is a really big step forward it's another big push for this kind of digital distribution thing you know, it is kind of starting to go away from you know having a physical disc with the game on it which has its pros and its cons okay yes you know, when it comes to that you know especially some of these games that are kind of online only you, you know you, you know there's no kind of single player aspect to it you're you're essentially buying just something that's just kind of in the ether there yeah right? because you know as soon as this, people stop playing this game or you know they cut off the server which happens to all online games at some point you know they become too old and there's just nobody playing it they they cut it off yeah right so there are some games like that you know like titanfall and uh, Destiny and this kind of stuff, you know, it's essentially online only. So uh, games like that do have a limited lifespan, you know, on top of them just being digital. You know, you could get to the point where a game like that where you you have this digital game that you can do absolutely nothing with. That you right? paid so, 90 to $110 especially for. Especially with some of these ones. Right. Uh, you know, some of these games getting up into really high territory, like the uh, Star Wars uh, Battlefront that came out, they were like, eight different uh, deluxe uh, expanded and ultimate <laughs> editions with, uh, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Too. Some of it even, you know, not really giving you much for the money you're putting in. You know, there's some that you're paying like an extra $40 for and you're getting like extra characters and like emoji to use in a game. Really? Yeah. You, you were going to charge me that much extra for that kind of content. For uh, an emoji. Unacceptable in my, yeah. in my personal opinion. But, you know, it's... <laughs> There are some people that are willing to do that, I guess, and uh, companies are willing to try and pull it over on us. And, you know, until people kind of, you know, give their opinion, uh, you know, through their pocketbook saying, you know, we don't like this, you know, companies are going to keep trying to pull that. They're going to keep doing it, yeah. So, you know, we got to kind of speak with our wallets here and, you know, concentrate, uh, you know, on the ones that provide the good content. You know, there's some games that, you know, that don't need to cost some money to be really, really awesome. Minecraft is a good example. Oh, yeah. 20 bucks for Minecraft. Uh, One that I just picked up recently is called Rocket League, which is essentially soccer with remote control cars. Awesome. 
Yep. Awesome. <laughs> like it was so fun to play. Twenty bucks. I mean, yeah. and that has like unlimited replayability. Whereas then you get a game that's like you know we're getting up here in Canada like eighty ninety dollars with taxes now. Yes. For these new games. Some with like a season pass and all this kind of stuff. You're you're getting like for the Star Wars Battlefront. There was a version that was like almost two hundred dollars if you want to have like the full on experience. Yep, unbelievable. It is it's, unbelievable. It's ridiculous, right? And it wasn't even really that good. <laughs> no, very, very very limited. No single player <laughs> aspect to it. You're, really, you're going to make a Star Wars game that has no story to it. <laughs> And Mine charge you uh, 200 bucks. Right. And then yeah. you have a game like Rocket League or Minecraft that's like 20 bucks and it's amazing. So, yeah. Well, luckily, there, there's stuff like that to kind of offset the crap. And coming to, to, you know, now younger generations starting to play these games. I mean, I have a 14 year old and a 12 year old in, yep. in my house, right? And to be honest, they will play Star Wars Battlefront mm-hmm. for about 15 minutes and then they go to Minecraft or. The newest one that's out, still in development, called Subnautica. Yes. Um, and they will play those for hours on end. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, like you said, Minecraft was twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. Subnautica was, I think, twenty bucks as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like these twenty dollar games are, if I can use a wrestling term, they're over. Yeah. Better than these uh, games that are. You know, eighty to a hundred dollars. That's a very good way to put it, actually. You know, and thankfully there's some good ones like, like I mentioned, Rocket League and Minecraft. There's some that uh, I think one of the best examples I mentioned briefly, Destiny, was a game that cost five hundred million dollars to yeah. make for the, the initial release of that game, and it um, the company that put it was called, it's called Activision. You know, those who are you know uh, regular gamers will know that no are aware of that company. Uh, they put out some very good stuff, but has some kind of very shady kind of tactics as well. Now, essentially what happened with this is, you know, they were showing what this was going to be. It was going to be like the next kind of generation kind of online shooter kind of game. And then before it came out, it was like they ripped out a bunch of the content and just gave us this bare bones thing. And then is basically selling the rest of the game to their, to their players in pieces. Yes. And charging, you know, 30, 40 bucks a piece. For each of the you know the stuff that should have been just in the original game to begin with, yeah. Okay, it cost you five hundred million dollars, and that was the product that they gave. So I, I fell for it because I bought it on the, the company's name alone it was Bungie. They made the original Halo, which was incredible. It was one of the best first-person shooter games ever made, and then you know so a lot of us just kind of bought that game, you know, based off of that name. Like, how could it not be good? It was them, right? And then, wow, disappointment. <laughs> like, the best way I can put it. So, yeah, so thankfully, you know, there's some on both sides of it. You know, thankfully, there are still some game companies out there that do care and do put out a good product. And a lot of them are kind of smaller companies. Yeah, a lot of them are. Well. So, right? Yeah. So, you know, Mojang, the one that came with Minecraft, you know, only a couple guys, you know, and, and look what happened. They, they end up selling it to Microsoft for God knows how much. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. All right, so you know, I think that's uh, kind of it for the the Xbox stuff. You know, there's going to be some more kind of happening it uh, with the the Xbox One later in the year. They're coming up with their Project Scorpio thing, which is still kind of up in the air. What that really is? Is it going to be a whole other uh, console? I'm kind of seeing that uh, it's you're going to be able to just kind of add on to your existing one. Yep, we'll see when it comes to that. So, some interesting stuff possibly happening with that as well. 
All right. So now, in, I mean, in the way of video games, since mm-hmm. we're on this right now, I do, I do want to kind of mention something that, that I think is pretty cool, but pretty ridiculous at the same point here. All right. I mean, you're talking about people that will spend the money, spend the money, spend the money on all of the these different add-ons and stuff like that. Yep. Now, I'm going to throw out a um, game name that lots of people might know or might not know and it's called star citizen Ooh, interesting yes i'm yes. aware of this game star citizen uh, they are now claiming is officially gaming's most perplexing compelling mystery release mm-hmm. at this point they these people have been going for about seven ish years building this game yeah, it's been through crowdfunding mm-hmm. and has now officially made over 141 million dollars yep. in crowdfunding and still have not released anything mm-hmm. now star citizen because i actually um you know before uh doing this podcast and before you know our time spent doing internet radio i used to do a little bit of a gaming channel uh, on youtube and this was a particular game that we uh uh, kind of covered, like you said, been in development for a little over seven years now uh, by actually somebody who's uh, pretty well uh, known in the uh, the game business, uh, Chris Roberts, I believe is his name. He yep. uh, was the uh, the makers of the original Wing Commander games. So if you're an old school kind of PC gamer like I was, and you played the Wing Commander games, you know they had uh, you know it was, you know space shooter gaming at its best. You know they had full motion cutscenes with guys like Mark Hamill. And uh, and whatnot uh, in there, so some really good stuff there. With this game, you know, choosing to not go, you know, under a big uh, publisher like EA or Activision, like that, just kind of doing their own thing, and then being funded by the people out there, and you know, just focusing in on making exactly the game that they want to do, and not rushing it out. And the, like you said, seven years that are taking their time doing this, and they, I guarantee you, they will not release that until it is ex- fully polished and is exactly what they want to put out there for everybody. But now on the other end of it, I mean, you take a look at these people that have been that that, that have given money, mm-hmm. you know, and how much people have given, I don't know. But you got to figure, one hundred and forty-one million dollars is quite a bit. People are obviously contributing mm-hmm. a good amount of change to this. Yep. To still sit here going, so I've given you mm-hmm. now this amount of money. Yep. We're still Why am I not seeing anything? Yeah. Right. It's a weird thing in the, in the gaming industry because just recently there was a game called No Man's Sky, which is a, a very similar kind of a game in development for quite a amount, amount of time. But then you know it was still getting to the point where you know a lot of the stuff you know they weren't going to be able to get in there, so they kind of rushed it out there out the door. You know, and it should have taken more time. It probably needed another year or two, honestly, to continue making that uh, to what they said it was going to be. Um, and basically just lied to consumers saying what was going to be in the game. Really? And it was not well received at wow. all. Wow. It, uh, it came out on uh, the PlayStation 4 and uh, on Steam for computers. And if you look up No Man's Sky on Steam, you look at the reviews, wow. There are some angry, pissed off people. <laughs> and, you know, and that game is still almost $60 on Steam. They still have the gall to charge that much. Holy. Uh, you will see some very, very angry gamers on Steam voicing their opinion about that. You know, that was not what we were told that we were going to get. 
Okay. Right. So you know when when it comes to this. Uh, you know, I've done some research and everything about that game being in development. You know, they've been very forward with the people that have been contributing to, you know, letting them know, you know, what's going on, you know, and the reason for the delays. You know, they're aware of what's going on. Could there still be some kind of scam being pulled? Sure. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, that would be one of the biggest ones. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Because that's a... Uh, you know, without getting into a whole thing here, we've covered it before. If you want to go find uh, some more about that, uh, there's a video that I was a part of. If you look up the Joystick Justice League on YouTube, there's a uh, video that we covered a little bit about Star Citizen. You can go there and check that out if you want to learn a bit more about that. But, um, yeah, it's one of the most ambitious video games I've ever seen. So Yeah, and apparently this is the longest for video game production within a crowdfund. Within a crowdfund. Yes. That's the key thing there because the, the longest there a game ever took to be made was it was a Duke Nukem Forever, which I believe the total number of years was 15 years before, you know, when and they started developing it to when it was released and it was a piece of crap. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so you know, you can take some, you know, the example there that you can still take a lot of time and then still end up putting out a uh, piece of pookie. So, <laughs> you know, that's about the nicest way I can put that. So, so there we go. We yeah. got some uh, some different uh, video game stuff in there in this uh, mm-hmm. Franken episode. Yeah, that's uh, you know covering a whole bunch of different stuff. What else yeah. have we got on the docket here? Yeah, you know, and you will hear a fair amount of gaming stuff because uh, I am, uh, you know, I won't say I'm not quite the hardcore gamer that I was before, but I still. Do a fair amount of it in my spare time, and uh, you know, namely the uh, the wrestling game. I play a lot of the uh, new WWE games, so <laughs> I've actually got as much as you can in that game. I have like all of the add-on content, and everything. I'm hooked on that game, so nice because I am a wrestling fan. So it's to be expected. All right, so I think you have some more kind of stuff there too to kind of cover. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, one thing that, that uh, I'll kind of uh, mention. You know, it's not on my screen, but it's something that. Uh, I have seen, I don't know if it was on Facebook or, you know, my news feed on Google or something, but uh, Apple, uh, the next iPhone, which I guess would be the 8 now, yep. that there could possibly be a, a version up over $1,000. $1,000 iPhone is a definite possibility for their next phone. And you know what? Honestly, I can see it because mm-hmm. you take a look at some of the other uh, Android phones that have come out recently. Yep. And some of those are over a thousand dollars. So it, Apple is probably sitting back, going, "Hey, these guys are now selling these, you know, devices at over a thousand dollars. Yeah, why shouldn't we be doing the same thing?" Right. Well, I have to check. I, I'm not sure if that's actually a, for sure. If there's any other phones out there that are up over a <coughs> thousand, Pixel. <coughs> well, the Pixel's in the uh, about six hundred. I sell them. Yeah. Yes, the Pixel XL is over a thousand dollars. Over a thousand dollars. Wowie. Yes, we have it listed at ten sixty. And what's the storage capacity on that? Thirty-two gig. It's just, that's just a. That's just a thirty-two gig. Wowie. Yes. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. Now, mind you, we're we're you know a reseller of the product, mm-hmm. um, getting it right from Google. I haven't checked in a little while, but yeah. getting it right from Google could be a little bit less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to check on something too because I want to see what uh, you know, the current iPhone uh, goes for. I'm actually on Apple's website right now. 
doing this on Internet Explorer because uh, my Google Chrome, for whatever reason, is not working today. When I go to launch it, uh, it uh, does everything but give me a middle finger in my middle of my screen. It says, the application has failed to start because it's side-by-side. Configuration is incorrect. I have no idea what that means. My computer will not run Chrome today. So. Oh. All right. So we're looking at if we were to go... With the iPhone 7 Plus, if we were to purchase this right now from Apple's website, uh, what do we got here? We will be looking at, looks like American, I'm assuming that would be American price, about $769. $769, okay. Yeah, so getting up, uh, you'd probably be looking at eight, something, you know, once you include taxes and all that too. Fun stuff, right? So yeah, yep. And just to to kind of give a comparison, what was that? That was the uh, seven plus. You said yes. I don't. I don't know what the storage capacity on that one is. So okay, that one's probably a uh, sixteen or thirty-two. Could be a thirty-two. Um. So now, if we were to go to the Pixel XL, Mm -hmm. I'm just taking a look here. So. Okay, so the price has come down a little bit, not by much though. Yeah. But the Pixel XL in 32 gig, you are looking at $1,049 from Google. Wow. Yes. Hmm. So now if you were to go to the 128 gig, which from Google right now is actually out of stock. <laughs> Um, you're looking as one thousand one hundred and seventy nine American dollars. Right, I think a lot of people not uh, you know they're getting that subsidized so their carrier. So yeah, but um, even then you you're still paying quite a bit of money to get that even through subsidy. Yeah, you're probably still paying four or five hundred bucks. You are just shy of half. So yeah, and you know at least that phone comes with a headphone jack. Yes. Because that's <laughs> got to be one of the most controversial things on oh. this iPhone 7 is the lack of a headphone jack. Yeah. And, you know, forcing to go wireless. And, uh, yeah, uh, Apple does this kind of stuff every once in a while. They make really controversial uh, decisions uh, on their stuff. You know, they were you know, one of the first ones to uh, adopt USB. You know, for, uh, fortunately, that became a standard. Uh, they were one of the first ones to adopt... Um, CDs in their computer. Yeah. Everybody thought they were crazy. That became the standard. Um, doing away with the optical drive in the laptop. A lot of companies following suit after that, too. That becoming almost a standard now, too. Uh, hard to find disk drives on, on laptops now. You know, the um, USB Type-C. Apple, first one to come with that. That's become the new standard. Right, yeah. so you know, as crazy as Apple is with a lot of this kind of stuff, you know, the, the industry tends to kind of follow suit after this kind of stuff. Headphone jack now, eh, a little bit tougher because <laughs> I mean, a lot of people have you know really good headphones that they like to use, and you know, if you're an audiophile at all, you know that uh, you know having a wired headphone will always be better because you know yeah. especially with a, a thick cord you just have it you have a better cleaner signal getting through wireless there's always a chance for you know interruption or you know some interference there with other you know wireless signals or whatnot so. there is i mean i have a set of bluetooth headphones that mm-hmm. i use and i could have my phone right beside my right in front of my face yeah. using google play music yeah. and it will still every once in a while it, it's almost it like it up. skips mm-hmm. right yeah 
And, you know, Bluetooth is actually really, really good. You know, but, you know, if you look at any kind of wireless device, if you look at any kind of disclaimer or small print, you know, they say, you know, you, this device, you know, has to accept any kind of interference. It's just the yeah. way it goes. <laughs> you know, so, so yeah. Uh, interesting to see, you know, will they maybe bring a headphone jack back on the iPhone 8? Not likely. Uh, typically, when Apple makes a decision, they usually stick to their guns. Um, you know, so it can be looked at as a good thing and a bad thing. Uh, comp Company-wise, you know, and shareholder-wise, everything like that, you know, you know, once you make a decision like that, you you have to stick to your to your guns. You do. Right? If you go back on stuff like that, you know, you really make yourself look bad. Microsoft, uh, as I mentioned, with some of their stuff, very guilty of that. They, you know, fortunately for them, have the luxury, you know, of having you know so many enterprise clients and like that. You know, Microsoft, you know, Windows, are used by, you know, every kind of corporation out there. So you know, they they have room to make some mistakes. The, yeah, you're right. They <laughs> so, do. But, I mean, honestly, I think that if um, Apple were to kind of go back on that now and put a headphone jack back in there, mm-hmm. all it's going to take is for them to say, you know what, everybody? We heard you. We listened to you. You said you wanted a mm-hmm. headphone jack back. Yeah. You got it back. And play it up in, in reverse. Like, not we did something bad, mm-hmm. but, hey, you asked for this, so we're going to give it back to you. Yeah. Kind of like Samsung did mm. when they went from the S6 to the S7. Yeah. The only problem there is you risk losing some confidence in the consumer. Uh, Nintendo, for example, you know, uh, the Wii U came out in like literally a year or two after they were looking at, you know, already making, you know, a new home console. You know, fortunately, they, they decided not to and they, you know, they stuck with it for a little while because if, if they would have, you know, given up on, on that right away, oof, there would have been like such a backlash from the Nintendo community because... You know, like I said, you, you create that, you know, distrust in, you know, your your customer base by doing stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, you know, most times. So you got to be, you know, when stuff like that happens, you have to, you know, pick and choose your spot very carefully when it comes to making those decisions. Because if you, you know, put something out there and then take it back right away, uh, there's a term for that, but it's kind of racist, so I won't use it. But uh, you, you know, you, I think Carl knows what I'm good at, but uh, it's just a bit of a Seinfeld joke, but whatever. Um yeah, it just it can create some problems. So, you know, a lot of companies, you know, Apple most famously known for that. You know, once they make a decision, they tend to stick to their to their guns. And you know, hard to argue against that because it's worked so well for them. I mean, they're still a very very successful company. So that's very true. Uh, even now that you know their uh, founder Steve Jobs is gone now, uh, still very successful. Things have you know definitely gone in a different direction. Than I think that Steve would take of taken things. You know, we. Guarantee you probably wouldn't have seen as big of an iPhone, you know, that we have now. No. You know, and some other stuff, you know, uh, smaller iPads. I know he was very against that kind of stuff. You know, he had a very clear vision of where he wanted thing, things to go. Uh, for the most part, I think some of it um, is still really good. But, uh, you know, and, you know, Apple used to be the kind of stuff, too, that was really up into the high price range. But, you know, everybody else has kind of followed suit with that now, too. Like uh, Microsoft Surface and stuff like that, you know, up in a really, really high price range. If you ever go to, like, a Best Buy or something like that and look at the price of those things, they are way up there. They, and still, and I mean, the mm. Surface has been out there yeah. for a few years now. Yeah. 
but still they are ridiculously mm-hmm. priced now to be fair uh, you know you can do a lot more like when you compare that up against you know the competitor which is apple's ipad you can do a lot more with the surface you know a lot more productivity and that kind of stuff you know even with the, the bigger version of the surface which is called the surface studio yes if you want to, i don't know if you've uh, ever uh, seen anything online about that carl but uh, essentially a big huge you know, think of it almost the size of uh, you know my my big screen TV here, and uh, and basically every, all the internals and everything in there, and you can position it wherever you want to. Something really cool for artists and creative people. Yeah. yeah. So it's a big tablet. It's a big tablet. Nice. But it, it actually has a name. It's not just a big tablet. There's kind of a story to go along with that, but. <laughs> I, I don't know if I want some other time. I might yeah. I might bring that up because that's uh, uh, kind of a weird uh, scenario from a uh, day job that I used to have. So oh, it's hilarious. Thankfully, I'm not doing that anymore. Uh, we will talk about it at some point. Providing technical support for people who are, shall I say, stupid, very difficult to do. So, <laughs> so yeah, I don't uh, miss uh, doing that whatsoever. All right, Ted. Do you have anything else on your? Uh, a list of uh, stuff that you looked up, Carl. Um, anything that I mean, feels worth mentioning. Not, not or anything really. Off the top of your head. I mean, I've kind of gone through everything. We talked mm-hmm. about, you know, the Nintendo. We talked yep. about Snapchat. We talked about Xbox. We talked about, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like the Google Pixel, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I guess I mean maybe the only thing to add to the Pixel is the successor apparently will be coming from yep. what we hear. And, uh, um, they're going to keep in line like everybody else mm-hmm. where yearly something gets done. Yep. So they're looking at doing that. So I'm hoping that that will result in the original Pixel dropping down in price you know, to make it more accessible for somebody like me who really, really wants that phone. You know, Not that I'm disappointed with the phone that I have. The, the G4 has been good. For the most part, there's, there's been some little issues. I feel like the, the battery life is getting a little kind of, uh, kind of poopy on it. But uh, yeah. But uh, anyways... Um, you know what I think we'll do? We, we got about, uh, I'd say, another kind of 12 minutes uh, to go here. Why don't we, you know, th- I guess this would technically be uh, a technology talk. Now, for those out uh, there that are listening to this or thinking maybe, hey, I want to do uh, a podcast on myself. And maybe asking, how do we go about doing one of these episodes? Oh. So why don't we, why don't we kind of let people know kind of roughly how we do this? Now... Essentially, you know, we come up with, uh, you know, week to week, we decide whether we're going to do like a turnbuckle talk or, you know, it, it hasn't uh, always been in, in the exact same order. You know, we will we'll pick a topic, you know, based on whatever we feel is uh, best to kind of approach for that week. Uh, you know, coming up to WrestleMania, there's, there's going to be quite a bit of turnbuckle talk. So be prepared for that if you're uh, and whatnot. So what what am I looking at here? I'm just showing uh, Big Joe here a picture of a professional wrestler. TJ um, Perkins. TJ Perkins. Who got himself Zelda? Um, I can't remember which. Uh, I can't tell what other game that is. Yeah, he he, he, did, he would definitely be a Nintendo fan. I guess the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. He got his hands on one. Uh, T.J. Perkins. Yep. Yep. And but, no, no surprise yeah, there. And, and, and with game. podcasts, that's that's how things roll. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes <laughs> you try to plan out as much as you can, yep. but then something else comes up like this, where it's like, yep. "Hey, I got to show this," and then you just kind of get off topic. Mm-hmm. Now, how we go about, uh, you know, producing one of these uh, episodes, uh, I would say is probably a little bit different than uh, a lot of people out there. I know even uh, some people that we know that do uh, a podcast. We go about it a bit of a different way. Yes, because we uh, have a little. 
bit of a I won't say an unfair advantage, but we we have some tools that we have here that that uh, make doing this in a perfect world and ideal situations makes it a little bit easier to kind of do this kind of stuff. You know, we don't uh, you know record stuff and then edit a bunch of things together. You know, from you and I coming from doing internet radio before, we yep. you know we have you know at our disposal we have a you know, we have good, really good microphones. Uh, both uh, you and I, we have a, a mixer, and I would say most importantly, we have a, a little program out there that uh, if you are looking at getting into podcasting and are looking for something to make things a little bit easier, if you're not a big fan of doing audio editing specifically, there's a program called Sam Broadcaster. Now, yes. There is a trial version of this available online that has the majority of the features that uh, you kind of need. But if you want, you know, the full-on version of it, it, it is rather pricey. Uh, I don't remember offhand how much it costs, but I know that it's not cheap. No, because there are, there's uh, there are newer versions of it right now. So something that you, if you're looking at getting into podcasting in the long term, if you're willing to you know invest in this case a little bit of money, it is definitely worth it and. You know, makes doing this kind of stuff much easier because I can just kind of mix everything kind of on the fly and just record what we do. And then from there, I can make an MP3 of it and then put it out there for everybody. Yeah. You know, I, I don't have to do a lot of work after the fact. It, it makes th- that process so much easier to do this. You know, than to have to sit there, you know, and edit little bits out or, you know, we could probably still maybe do that, you know, if there's some kind of weird little moments or whatnot, but... You know, we prefer to just do it kind of raw and put it out there. But this, which is yeah, is, I mean, easy, easy enough for us. And then, the, but uh, you know, the Sam Broadcaster program just really facilitates that, and makes that a lot, a lot of an easier process. You know, we can, um, you know, play clips uh, during the episodes. You know, that that usually for the most part works out pretty well. That you know, that kind of depends on the internet too. If the uh, internet's being a little spotty, you know, depending on what time of day it is. You might hear the occasional little hiccup, but if it just comes to like regular music, like if I want to play the intro tune or you know a song at the end, uh, this program makes doing that so much easier. <laughs> it's so yeah. much easier than to have to you know just record us talking and then have to try and add music or everything you know at the beginning or at the end. Because then you have to just it's not going to feel as natural. Whereas if I just kind of fade in as we're going with this program, it just it it's uh, it's it's almost seamless. Yeah. Right, and you know it does require some practice to use. You now, if you haven't used a program like this before, it, it uh, can be a little tricky to do because you know it's really easy to make a wrong click and to have just music start playing. I, I know I've experienced quite a bit of that myself, you know, but I've gotten pretty good at this now, and you know, and so we don't have too many of those audio issues. Yes, I think maybe the, the last time might have been I think when we did actually when we interviewed Jeff Jarrett. I don't think we had any problems there i know when i think it was santino they had an interview with uh, which i if i remember you weren't there for I was not um <laughs> it was really really hot that day and i thought that my mixer was actually overheating what ended up happening was my headphone cord had wrapped around uh, one of the sliders for the levels and it had actually turned the one side down so it mm. sounded like in my headphones like i was only getting like mono sound and I was panicking, right? Because I'm like, we're interviewing Santino Morella. Yeah. And I was just like, uh, what's going on here? <laughs> you know, that combined with some other weird stuff that happened with there too. Um, you know, people in the chat to not, you know, being intelligent and just kind of doing stupid crap. You know, that, that was my one big uh, 
thing that I hated from that. But uh, it, it was still a pretty good interview. But, uh, you, know, you know, when it comes to doing this kind of stuff, too, uh, you have to be prepared for the unexpected to happen, too. What we call the gremlins. You know, anybody who records or does any of this kind of stuff knows that sometimes when it's a high-pressure kind of moment like that, sometimes uh, things can happen. So yes. you have to be kind of prepared and just kind of work with that stuff uh, on the fly. Uh, there was an episode that we did a little while ago where we were in the middle of playing a clip, and uh, I think the audio kind of, you know, just kind of cut out there. So it required a little bit of editing there at the end to do that, but to make it work. And, but sometimes... But, I mean, usually it doesn't uh, go that way. It, things are pretty seamless, but uh, you just have to be prepared to kind of deal with that kind of stuff and just not panic. When you <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest thing. It's really, Don't panic. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that, that's just something that comes with experience. You know, your first couple times doing this kind of stuff. If you want to see some of my first attempts at doing stuff, uh, when I used to do YouTube, going to. Uh, I don't mind using the name now because it's a, it's a defunct uh, YouTube channel. It's not nothing to be made anymore, so I don't mind mentioning the name. It's Joystick Justice League. If you go to some of the first episodes, you'll see me sitting in front of there in the camera trying to talk, and I'm just scared of my mind. <laughs> like, you can tell my my voice. I was just really really nervous. I was. You know, but y'all got you got to start some, somewhere. Got to start somewhere. That's and, right. Uh, you know, I'm still not perfect by any means, but you know, it's something that you know, just takes practice. And, you know, if it's something that you're really determined and want to do, you just have to be willing to put the time in and realize that, you know, it doesn't just come to you. You need to go out there and actually do it yourself. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, you know, being able to, to kind of talk or talk in front of people or mm-hmm. even talk in front of a mic, I mean, doesn't come as easy to everybody. Um, I mean, it's something that I kind of not necessarily grew up doing, mm-hmm. but I mean, doing public speaking was always something that was a yep. uh, large focus in my life. And then continuing on into my pro wrestling days, mm-hmm. um, when I was in the ring, I mean, talking on the mic was no issue for me and it was, it just came easy. Mm-hmm. It's not going to come easy for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're looking to do this kind of thing, maybe download a program, uh, you know, audacity, um, which is a, a program that you can use to record yourself and do a couple of recordings and then play them back and kind of kind of be your own critic and go, you know, yep. like be be hard on yourself, you know. And if there was a um and uh and a um the uh you know where you kind of sound confused or you sound like you're unsure, then you know that that's something for you to work on. That, that, that is something that is a very, very tough habit to break when you are talking like that. It, it's something that takes a lot of practice because it's almost kind of a... Mm, something that happens almost kind of unconsciously. <laughs> like you just like, did. Like I just did, right? <laughs> trying to think of the word, right? It, it, it's something that just it takes practice and just the more speaking that you do... I will say for the podcasting, if you're somebody that's you know extremely introverted or antisocial... Uh, maybe not something that you want to pursue unless you're, you know, if you're, you know, really determined you're looking to break out of your shell. It could potentially be something good. Uh, just, you know, I will say, you know, just for anybody that's looking to get this kind of stuff too, just don't have your expectations too high. Be realistic with your with your goals. Definitely. And I that's mean, a big, that's a big thing so that you don't disappoint yourself right off the bat and get discouraged and then give up. That's right. Set realistic goals for yourself and what you want to do. And you know what? Goals for, you know, Big Joe and myself were to 
you know, maybe at one time be able to get out onto our own, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe make a couple of bucks from this, right? Which honestly hasn't happened. No. And it's been, I think, a little over two years now that we've been, whether it's on uh, radio, mm-hmm. internet radio, or on our own doing this just mm-hmm. through uh, podcast form, it's still honestly made us absolutely no money. Yeah. So if it's something that you're looking at doing to get rich at, I'm sorry, but it's not going to happen for everybody. No. For some, maybe, but I'm telling you, it's not going to be the new norm way to make money. No. That's why we've kind of, uh, you know, changed our focus. You know, we're not looking at taking over the world here, you know, and we've gone with, uh, you know, kind of a more of a local kind of an aspect with, with this, you know, kind of starting a little bit small and then, you know, and then building up from there and seeing where we go, you know. So I think setting a realistic goal like that, you know, has a, uh, suited us well and, you know, has, um, you know, made it so that, you know, we've done, you know, this will be 10 episodes now mm-hmm. and not uh, going, oh, geez, you know, the, the disappointment, right? So, you know, we've set our expectations uh, I won't say setting your expectations low, but just being realistic with what you're looking to accomplish. Yes. Is, I think, a good way to put it there. So if this is something you're looking at getting into, just don't have your head in the clouds. Uh, be realistic with your goals. You know, as with any kind of endeavor that you know that people have, you, know, you shouldn't uh, you know, set unrealistic, unrealistic expectations for yourself. Be realistic and you know, create uh, attainable goals for yourself and then build from there. That's right. That's, That's a, the best way to do it. Right. So, okay. I think a, a good way to kind of uh, end off here. Um, and I think we'll end off by our, doing our usual thing here of um, reaching out to our fellow podcasters in the area here. Um, first of all, MBM Podcast, Everything RC with Matt Moose and with uh, Mike. If you're into RC car racing, if you enjoy building RC cars or anything that revolves around that, check them out on Podbean. Moose has very, uh, you know, equipment similar to us. He has a really good setup there. They know what they're doing. They put on a good show. Even if you're not a fan of RC cars, if you just like listen to a couple guys who you know, just have good conversations and um, and just you know they just they sound good. It's entertaining. Check them out. Like us, yes, because we're entertaining. We sound I, good. I, I, I would hope so. One of us at least looks good. Yep, that's me. Right. But then, you know, we can't forget our friends over at the Space Jam podcast Ooh. as well. Our friends Robin yeah. and Wit. Yes. So those guys, they're pretty eclectic with their stuff. Oh, yeah. They talk uh, a couple different things. They talk, you know, pro wrestling. Um, you know, I'm going to start that differently mm-hmm. because, you know, they talk sports first. Sports. And then they talk pro wrestling. wrestling. And alcohol, alcohol comics, comics, and entertainment. entertainment. Why are you talking over me? Because it sounds like we're saying it at the exact same time. But we're not. Yeah. Well, we almost <laughs> it almost sounded right. So, yeah. Space Jam Podcast. Yeah. I, was, I was thinking it sounds kind of cool if two people are saying the exact same thing at the same time. It's like sports, poor wrestling, alcohol, comics, and entertainment. I'll let I, you think that. Because I think I said that once, and I think I, I can't remember which word I got wrong. But anyways, anyways, <laughs> all right. So it's coming up pretty soon uh, to WrestleMania. So you can bet that, you know, a lot of our conversation here is going to revolve around that because it's one of our favorite times of year. It's WrestleMania season. So I think to kind of end on this ep- end off, 
this episode, we have a uh, song that uh, is very fitting when it comes to WrestleMania because this is actually the theme song for this year's WrestleMania, uh, done by the same guy who did the theme last year. It's uh, Flow Rider. Yes. Which is, uh, if you pay attention, a very subtle thing there. If you look at Flow Rider, it's just Florida separated into two words. Yeah. Are you just catching on to that? I'm not just catching on to that, but just pointing it out for anybody who maybe is, you know, kind of confused or wondering about that. Uh, it's just Florida broken up into two words. But uh, this is a really good tune, so I think we'll end off with uh, this to kind of uh, play us out here. So enjoy. Here we go with Flo Rider with Green Light. This year's WrestleMania theme song. We will see you guys next time. Ciao. Red light, green light. Everybody take your shot. Red light, green light. Give me everything you got, red light, Mr. 305, Flow Rider and Lunch Money, three Miami boys, you know what time it is. Give me the green light, cause I'm ready to go, let's have a good time, what you waiting for, you only got one life, and we gon' live it up, so give me the green light, cause I'm ready to go. I wanna make you ooh, ah, till you scream And I practice what I preach, if you know what I mean I'm about that mommy Yeah, I got the key and I'ma lock that mommy Yeah, we can roll and I'ma rock that mommy I do what I say and say what I mean Now let me jump in between I'm getting loose in this thing Like OJ the juice in this thing Feeling like left eye, boy, I burn the roof in this thing I got all the women getting naked Feeling like Luke in this thing Think it's a game Now I got the green lit and the green right All I need is mommy for you to give me the green light So I can run through it like an easy pass Step on the gas. Woo! Give me the green light. Cause I'm ready to go. Let's have a good time. What you waiting for? You only got one life. And we gon' live it up. So give me the green light. Cause I'm ready to go. Give me what I asked for, I got a passport Mr. International, why hit the airport? If you knew the kind of work that I transport That Rihanna do me dirt to the crash course I like the cleanest, greenest, leanest I'm the Venus, flow a genius Smoking Phoenix, you never seen this I have a dream this, that 200 on the dash Got me feeling, so I'm trying to ride out Take a shot, red light.